How are you guys doing? Yeah, really good. Very good. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty I cool. I always watch your guys' work and your Instagram, and I've I've been following you guys for a long, long, long time. Oh, thank oh, brilliant! Thanks. Thanks. Uh, we're delighted to have you on. Anyway, um, how are you? Hello. Everything good? Yeah, everything's good, man. It's um, the um, COVID situation is getting a bit better here. Okay. So all gyms are open again, and um things are slightly getting back to normal what's it like over there how's it been ours oh. has gotten a lot worse again in the last like two weeks yeah um so ours got way way better we had we had a fairly serious lockdown for 12 weeks um everything closed like nobody leaving their house and everything got really good we we're down to like zero k or almost zero cases for a few weeks but now it's gone oh. like it's pretty much worse than ever now uh so we're back into like almost lockdown yeah so all gyms closed yeah yeah but uh but sure look what could you do um did you you had um you had a child recently did you earn uh excuse me what did you say did you say did you have a child recently uh yes yeah, so yeah. i just had a kid uh four weeks ago man oh congratulations, oh, congratulations. how's that Thank going so much. That's, uh it's good it's good um like i love it do you know what i mean yeah. i still uh, cannot wait for because now he's just sort of um he's not really he like he like he can't interact with him yet yeah. so yeah. but i mean it's a blessing like yeah. we've been trying for a long time so i'm very happy to have a kid now oh, oh, congratulations. congratulations thanks guys thank you so much um well, we'll get going so we'll kind of we'll segue into it and we'll do a little call in short ourselves before and but um so welcome back to the Seek Strength Podcast where we're at Aaron the Animal Kid on Instagram and I think if anyone is allowed to be called the Animal yeah. Kid on Instagram it's definitely Aaron it is uh, it's well well kind of well earned yeah um, there's, want- a, there's a lot of people throw around Instagram handles and Twitter handles and you just like yeah. Joe be like big lifts whatever and then you go on to somebody who, who actually deserves the name yeah uh, so that's well and truly the case in this in this circumstance do you want to um, um do you I'm want still learn- I'm still learning and I always like to remember that there are people that weigh 60 kilograms that um, will definitely beat me. So <laughs> I, always, I always I always remember that, you know, you know, do you uh, and do you want to tell people some of your best lifts just to give them an idea of of what we're dealing with in terms of your strength? All right, so my best, these are all out of competition in the gym. Uh, snatch with straps is 187.5 kilos. I've tried 190 about 30 times with no luck. Um, my best clean and jerk is 206, and my best clean is uh, 220. Unbelievable. Uh, massive. Massive numbers. Yeah. You squatted some kind of big weight. You did a little bit of powerlifting for a time too as well, didn't you? Yeah, um, I, I, I actually, th- I've done a little bit of it. I've, I've, I've probably done three or four competitions. My best squat, uh, high bar is two seventy five, front squat's two forty, yes. and I've done a three ten low bar squat in wraps before. Nice, nice. which was um, pretty fun to do. Yeah, and do you do you want to kind of? So you live in Australia right now at the moment, but you came from yes. South Africa. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Like, how do you get into weightlifting? How did you start training? Um, because just one of the most impressive things with your lifts is that you are you work full time you're just like anybody else like you're not a state sponsored athlete like you you have you've good training partners and good gyms all that but ultimately it's off your own back you know so that's one of the most impressive things about all this I think yeah oh thank you so much so 
I was born and raised in South Africa and um, I used to be a rower. And um, basically we started um, uh, in the rowing. We used to do, well, I've trained for a very, very long time. And then basically long story short was I got dropped from a rowing team and the school that I was at had a, um, a weightlifting and powerlifting gym. And it just happened to be that the coach at the gym um, could squat 400 kilograms in a suit. <laughs> and um, the weightlifting coach uh, was another guy who was actually a training partner of a weightlifter by the name of Valencias de Bayer, who came second at the 2008 Olympic Games um, in the 69 or 62 class. So my coach was from um, Cameroon. Oh, and, uh, yes, I know. All, yeah. So, like, they all moved to France to um, improve, and he, unfortunately, couldn't make the um, national team. But um, a funny thing is the coach, actually, he left his wife and kids to move to South Africa to pursue a weightlifting job. Um, this guy was the most fanatic um uh person coach i've probably ever met in my entire life and the main reason why i'm still doing this is probably because of the first two coaches that i've had they actually trained some um they trained a boy gordon shaw who they he actually started weightlifting on a stick on a broomstick so they got him fresh and he's actually got the biggest lifts um in competition on south african soil of all time and in about the space of uh I, don't quote me on this of about eight years um that coach um almost single-handedly got him uh, from a broomstick to a 176 snatch in competition and a 201 clean and jerk. When you look at the actual resources um, in South African weightlifting, there, there's pretty much nothing else. So, yeah, yeah so that's how I started um, um, was back then, and um, I'm still here. Yeah. I'm still here. <laughs> and in terms of so you said he started weightlifting with a stick or like a broom um what like so you had rolled before but what was your weightlifting experience before you started i could i don't even i don't even know if you could call it a clean like maybe it was like a reverse bicep curl I could oh, do we're, that with the we're well accustomed to those <laughs> <laughs> with about 70 kilos and um i went to go train at the gym and he got me to use the stick and um, I told him, but I can clean 70 kilos. And he goes, it doesn't matter. We, <laughs> on the stick. we actually learned on the stick for two months every day. Nice. Which nice. is yeah. unbelievable. Because these days as a personal trainer, it's, we have to make money. And yeah. if we train someone on a stick for two months, they are not going to come back to us. Yeah. No. And so what kind you of know. stuff did he do with you on the stick? What kind of, was it just, just full lifts? Uh, I will never forget. So, <laughs> and this is us, like it's still stuck in my head because I teach everybody sort of a similar way. Um, you know, you grab the stick and you do five sets of five deadlifts with that stick, working your um, position. And then once you've done five sets of five of that, you do uh, a deadlift and then you stand onto your toes and you hold that for like two or three seconds and you do another five sets of five of that. And then like snatch grip and um, clean grips. Once you've done that, you do the deadlift, you stand onto your toes and you pull the bar up and you hold that for two or three seconds. 
and you do another five sets of five reps of that. And you'll do that in snatch grip, do that in clean grip. We'll do a drop snatch with the stick. We'll do overhead squats. Um, we'll slowly start to incorporate all of them together, um, you know, moving with the stick. And then after we've done that for about half an hour, 45 minutes, we used to go and train on the other side of the gym, which um, was a powerlifting um, setup. And we would either squat, uh, deadlift or bench. And I've pretty much trained like that um my entire life uh was we we weightlift first and in a very unconventional way we either go sit down on the bench press and do a bit of bench or we do some heavy low bar back squats i mean i don't really do that these days but back when we were younger it was always sort of um brought in together so and what kind of age were you when you started that uh so that would have been about um uh 17 years old about 17 or 18 which i'm now uh 28 so yeah yeah and so when you moved on from the stick what did your training kind of look like from then what kind of stuff was did he have you doing Okay, so from what I remember, it was just pretty simple. We either used to do clean and jerk or we used to do snatch, and then we would squat afterwards. And then once we've done that, we would probably go do a little bit of upper body. Like, he used to get us to do a lot of upper body, like a lot of uh, presses. We were always doing presses. Um, we never really did hand cleans or anything like that besides when we were coming up to a competition just to give us a bit of confidence. Yeah. I remember the first competition that I ever did um, – I think I was going in for like a um, like an 80 snatch and a hundred clean and jerk. And the week before, he's like, "Okay, you know, you're gonna you're gonna go, you know, 75 kilos, 80 kilos from from the hang." Mm-hmm. And um, it's like, "Wow, that feels so easy." So it's like on the day, you just remember what it um, felt like when you were doing it a week ago from the hang. And um, then we used to go and uh, train, but. You know, as we got a little bit, I wouldn't even say experienced, but as we did it for a little bit longer, he would incorporate, you know, a few uh, block snatches um, now and again. He sort of used to keep it sort of interesting for us, but um, I do remember one sort of uh, deload program that he made, which I will never, ever forget, was um, I think we used to deload... I don't know how many cycles or how long we used to deload, but when we did use to deload, he'd make us a very typical um, training plan, which looked like we would just do powers. So we wouldn't squat and we wouldn't do pulls. We would just do powers. And um, that would actually be, you know, just an example. I'm not too sure if these percentages are correct. That could be, let's just say, 70%, 75%, and 80%. And he would get you to do two sets of two on each weight. So you'd do just an example. Um, if my max snatch was 100, uh, my max power snatch was 100, he would get us to do uh, um, 70 kilos from the floor power snatch, two sets of two, 75 kilos from the floor, uh, two sets of two, and then he would get us to do 80 kilos from the floor, two sets of two, and then he would get us to repeat that whole sequence, but from the hang. And the thing is, he never used to let us use straps. Oh, my God. Um, and our hands, when we used to do the snatch from the hang, when we were training every day, um, almost sometimes actually twice a day, I remember, you know, the one time I um, I went and I, <laughs> because um, one of the coach's nephews came in and he was using straps, but he was way better than we were. So he was allowed to do what he sort of wanted. And, and I sort of thought, okay, so my hands are that stuffed. I'm going to try and 
use the tape and make a strap out of it because mm-hmm. our hands were that bad when we were following that program. And our God, I'll never forget because we were basically part of the school. So we never paid to use the gym. So it was sort of a thing when you walk in the gym, like you do what they say, mm-hmm. like there's no, so um, yeah. And he got so upset. He's like, don't you ever do that again? Um, what are you, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, my hands, I can't hold the bar. He's like, I don't care. And it's like, you just had to carry on training. There's yeah. no, Oh, oh yeah so that's the sort of the only kind of program that i that i really remember but the main thing from what i can remember from that gym which in my eyes i think as a as a young athlete and as a developing athlete which um i think for me at the time was um even more beneficial than a program was the mindset talks that we used to consistently have with these coaches which I personally um, um, don't really see much of these days um, from the um, other gyms that I've actually trained in. But these coaches, all that we used to do and we used to go and train with them is uh, they used to tell us, even though we were not good at all, how great we were, um, how good we're going to be one day, what we're going to lift like. They kept telling us, in 10 years' time, this is what you're going to lift like in 10 years' time. And they're just programming our mind to telling us how good we were going to be. And honestly, you know, we would leave the gym and the coach would be sitting with us for like 20 minutes to 30 minutes telling us about um, our training and how great we are. And I think that was one of the things which, um, you know, I was probably one of, if not the weakest person in the gym when I first started. I was the skinniest, I was the smallest. If, like, you basically looked at me when amongst all the other guys, most people would say, this guy has absolutely no help. And the way that I used to train and look... um, it's like, yep, he has no hope. Like, he's never going to make it one day. He's just too skinny. He's just just doesn't have what it takes. But because these coaches and they used to sit and talk to us and program our mind over and over again every single day, we started to believe in ourselves. And when we used to come into training, we actually thought that we were good. And our progress skyrocketed so much uh, because of that and as i said these days um there's not a lot of um mindset training uh in coaches and athletes from what i've seen or not as much as what i'm actually used to yeah so i think more than an actual program or anything like that. I think the biggest factor that I could say that has really helped me improve um, has actually been mindset uh, training where I've had people that have actually believed in me. It's helped a lot more than what people would actually think. Is that something you still work on now, Aaron? Is that something you like actively do every week? So I always try and, um, you know, keep my mind strong and, and always, um, you know, um, tell myself, you know, that it's going to be fine, that I'm going to be able to lift a certain weight and stuff like that. Um, And, you know, sometimes it's hard if you don't have somebody there with you, you know, but I can tell you guys a a pretty pretty cool story, a phenomenal story actually, was my coach. So his name is Andrew Ciantro. So in Australia, they're one of the most... Um, couldn't maybe notorious weightlifting families, if you must. Um, his dad went to the Olympic Games and placed fourth. 
Jeez. And um, he's won a Commonwealth Games gold medal twice. And his two sons can both snatch 170 and clean and jerk 200. And um, one day I actually got to meet his dad. And I will never, ever forget this. I had a 140-kilogram snatch and a 170-kilogram clean and jerk at the time. And I met his dad, and his dad told me a story about David Riggett because his dad was very good friends with him. And he said, one time David Riggett turned up to a competition and he had wrote a few numbers on the back of his belt. You know, I can't remember how much it was for snatch or how much it was for uh, clean. But at the time, his lifts were way less than what he had written on, on, um, on his belt. And everybody at the competition was going, why is he writing this? That's not his numbers. And his dad said two or three competitions later, he had lifted those numbers. So his dad asked me, and his dad was poking me on the chest like, like this. And um, he goes, what are your lifts? And I'll go, 140, 170. And he says, well, you need to write, and, he's, you need, and his dad was all, like, he's old now. You need to write 160 and 190 on your belt. And I will never forget, I left that conversation with so many goosebumps. I had tears almost coming out of my eyes. And I basically went home and I wrote to my belt 160 and 190. Guys, and I'm not lying to you, it's going to sound um, suspicious if you must, but um, in a space of seven to eight weeks, my snatch jumped from 140 to 160. My jerk jumped from 170 to 190. And I was stuck on. And yeah, so, you know, it's just, it's just, um, you know, self-belief, like what you can actually, as, as a coach or as an actual human, um, how much better someone can actually do just by actually being positive, talking positive, not lifting and saying, you know, ah, oh, that, that lift was garbage or ah, oh, um, complaining about it, you know, always just, you know, it's always positive. It's always because I, I like, I just think it makes such a big difference in um, training, but you guys would know that more than I do. Well, I think that's like, we were only talking yesterday about like the changes we see from like when we started training, when we started lifting weights, like everyone trained until they were broken almost every week. Like, whereas now it's almost gone the other way where like, it sounds bad, but people are kind of soft with their training. Like they're, oh, like I have this bit of a twinge and it's probably not a bad thing because they're not getting injured as much as us. But the other change we see is that people are constantly like, down on themselves hugely like uh, the training environment you describe is very much a training environment i would have grown up in where we were like a tiny club in the middle of nowhere with no players and we we're like sure we're probably the best fucking team in ireland and we're probably the best team in europe because we don't play against other european teams yeah. you know like whereas now everyone was like oh like yeah that wasn't great or like they're watching other people on instagram and like it's just so different from the mindset like a hundred and ten percent and i actually work in a um crossfit gym so i get the opportunity to work with a lot of um weightlifters who you know who've even just started on a broomstick some of them can snatch 40 some 60 some 80 some 100 and the main thing is is what i've noticed is the body language and i'll tell you guys actually a very um, funny story is a lot of the time and you guys would know this too with um people that you coach when they miss a lift okay or their lift wasn't smooth and they dropped the bar down you see the head shake 
okay? You always see that. You always see that. And one thing I said to him, I go, yes, it may not have been your best lift, but by you shaking your head, it's not going to make it um, get better. And I said to him, I go, man, you know what? I wonder what I do when I do a bad lift. And I went and I looked at um, my um, um, camera roll and I found a lift that I had missed. And the funny thing was, is I'd missed this lift and I'd actually nodded my head. And I showed them the actual difference was, you guys are shaking your head and that's not gonna make it better. You know, I've missed the lift, but I've nodded my head and I go, don't worry, I'm gonna come, you know, it's just, it's just small things like that that can make such the biggest difference um, in your session or, you know, it's, um, yeah, it's stuff that really works, I yeah. believe, you know. How else are you so, kind of instilling that kind of, you know, winner's mindset in your inner athletes, you know, even in, let's say they're not weightlifters, but you're, you do a lot of PTs, but like just kind of strength training in general population. Do you still go yes. about that kind of mindset with them as well? Yes, 110%. And um, I love, I love um, getting uh, people in who basically, you know, what it's like when we come to training, we come to deal with our frustrations or we're trying to fill a dark hole in our life. You know, ev everybody trains for their certain um, reason. And it's an opportunity um, as a coach to get your person feeling better about themselves, you know? And it's just so, it's so funny how when your self model is high, how much better you can perform. Yeah, you know, yeah. your performance goes through the roof. You know, like if they come in and you say to him, "Oh man, you well, you don't want to lie to him." Yeah. But, oh, you're looking a bit bigger today, man. Yeah. And they're like, "Yeah, yeah." So they jump on the bench <laughs> and they they're ready to like you know. So yeah, it's good. it makes a huge difference. So at the moment, Darren. Um. So when you moved from being like with those coaches in South Africa. Uh, did you change coach when you were still in South Africa or did it was it when you came to Australia? So one thing I'll tell you guys is that I've never, ever, ever changed coach. Every single coach that I have had or train with now, I still work with. And everybody knows that. I'm a firm believer in not burning bridges with this guy didn't do, and now I'll go to the new coach and yeah, he's better. Yeah, and yeah, he, yeah. Um, you know, I have people come up to me all the time and they go, well, my old coach, and I go, no, 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 no. I go, go outside come back inside yeah. and don't ever tell me anything that your old coach did or didn't do or because, you know, I'd, I'd, you see that all the days, but basically um, the coaches that I have had, so those two coaches in South Africa and um, when I came to Australia, I basically just by luck happened to run into Sebastian Oreb at um, a gym and just out of luck, um, he saw me training and offered to basically sponsor me uh, with coaching and work at his gym. Um, and then I went to um, compete in the actual federation where I needed a weightlifting coach. And, um, you know, Andrew Ciantro was helping me alongside Bass with my weightlifting as well. Excuse me. Um, Andrew, due, due to um, one or two uh, circumstances, um, I think with regards to his family wasn't able to um come and coach me on the days of my weightlifting comp so he recommended me to go and join a weightlifting gym where the coach at this weightlifting gym where i trained which was zubin weightlifting is a former iranian national um champion and represented iran at the olympic games in barcelona his name is ali azari 
um, his assistant coach over there was Matthew Taba. And um, I've just been so fortunate enough or been in the right place at the right time to learn from um, all of these people. And they all have a completely different approach to the way in which they train you, you know. And it's just... Um, I've just been very blessed because as a personal trainer, um, I've had the, op the opportunity to learn from all, all, all of these uh, people and try and um, carry it forward to um, everybody that I get the actual chance to train. So, yeah. Yeah, that's that's some mix of influences like from Cameroonian coaches first, then coming to Australia meeting like the Australian strength coach um, and then having an Iranian weightlifting coach. Like it's it's a it's probably a very good mix in terms of like technique optimization where you're getting all these different inputs rather than it just being like the former soviet system or whatever what what kind of um commonalities did you see between these coaches like what were the most things that you noticed that both of them did a lot do you know what the funny thing is is that you know we would think that there's a simple like a magic clock they said this and and it was like but it's all i think it's all sort of the same stuff yeah you know definitely. like holding it tight back off the floor make sure you pull that bar as hard and as high as possible um make sure you lock the bar out as hard as possible don't stop squeezing against the bar it was all sort of the the, the same thing but one thing i will tell you that um they really never used to say much but when they did say something um that thing worked yeah. you know there would be sessions i'd go train at zuban weightlifting club and no i i would i would just get told the same one simple cue one simple cue and i'll never forget was keep your shoulder in line with the bar he didn't want it to be over the bar he didn't want it to be behind the bar he wanted my shoulder to be in line with the bar and i trained there i remember in my first year of training there that was the only cue that i got given um which is crazy right because yeah. as a personal trainer we have to keep giving our um athletes or if you call them clients we need to keep giving them information every yeah. session because yeah. if we gave them the same thing to work on every session they probably wouldn't want to train with us anymore yeah yeah <laughs> same as training on a stick it's like it's just funny man and i and like i try and tell people this all the time you know someone and i give them an example of my training let's just say that i was training with you guys and you guys were taking me to a coaching session and you were telling me um every time i came and trained with you you gave me a different cue okay beautiful but i believe um for myself if you guys gave me the same cue every time i am going to get so damn good at that cue and only once i've mastered that then you guys may give me another cue which means that um you know instead of only getting one session to practice on a certain thing i've done it for a hundred sessions or so and then it's like, I think a lot of the time, including myself as an athlete, we forget that we need to drill the same thing over and over and over and over again, um, instead of just trying new things all the time, because that tends to happen. You know, you get a piece of advice and it's, you, know, you tried once or twice and then, okay, now I'm just going to try on this one. But how do you really know until you've actually tried it? That's a great before, point. Yeah. Um, you know so. and that's like that's something we come up across in the programs all the time where we know we could give somebody something for eight weeks 
and we might need to change one thing. We might need to just alter the accessory work slightly. But fucking hell, you might sell 10 programs and then nobody'd ever buy a program again because they were like, the lad just told us to squat for eight weeks. <laughs> yeah, do you know, like there's a big portion of the programming is just making it novel enough where people will do the program. Um, and then obviously to make it the other portion is to make it effective. But uh, yeah, the whole thing of just like having to cater to people's needs is um, it definitely does take away from the effectiveness in, in the, at a certain point. Definitely. That's why um, I think John, John Bros says that he doesn't do online programming because he said no one wants to buy it. Yeah. <laughs> Squatting every day. But it's probably, you know, when I say one of the best, I don't mean it in a um, closed-minded sort of way, but I mean, you know, when you look what he's done with Patrick yeah. Mendes and stuff, he's he's the man, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I really want to read Pat Mendes or the book that came out about him. Um, I really want to get it. I think it's only came out a few weeks ago. Oh, yeah. I don't know if it's out yet. Yeah. Um, so when you kind of moved from you kind of moved from South Africa to Australia, you're training with these great coaches. What kind of what did your training look like, say, from when you went from the kind of 170s to the 180 snatches and like the north of 200 plus clean and jerks like that was obviously a big kind of jump from weights you know what what kind of what kind of stuff were you doing then or what kind of what was your training environment like okay i'll tell you the most um and i actually couldn't wait to actually give you this answer because um it's so simple and it's so funny so um i decided to not compete anymore in the actual weightlifting federation and um i messaged my coach Andrew and I said hey um brother are you busy can you coach me could you come at least see me once a week do you have time to program for me and he's like yes so you know we were following the training program before um before I was training with Andrew and the training program that we were followed you know hand power snatch full snatch you know just like a random session would be like you know war, war, warm up with the hang power snatch and then you continue with the full snatch you do maybe snatch pull sometimes you'd even finish off with like a power clean or something like it was just like there was always clean and jerk and snatch on the sort of the same day with a pool here and there mm. and always yeah. back squat or um, front squat whether it was below the knee above the knee etc there's the variation of it and um you know we used to deload when we came to comps and we would just do our self deload in a training session you know if you're going up in the cleans and it feels heavy we'll just take off a, a plate and do many many singles just practicing we sort of used to um make up our thing as we went along according to how our body feels but with andrew what i remember which was the biggest change and um most people that i tell what i have done usually do not agree with um this actual method as it sounds very um unconventional but we used to train for three weeks um double day training um not every day but he did it very strategically where some weeks, maybe if we were starting a new block fresh and I've had maybe a one or two months break, or, you know, if I, um, you know, if I was just, wasn't really doing much weightlifting, I was just mucking around in the gym just to live my body and we would start fresh. Okay. Now it's time to go for six months and we're going to have a um, crack. So the first week I probably wouldn't even train in the mornings. Okay. And that would be for like the first three weeks. And then we would actually deload for three weeks 
where the idea was we max out every Saturday, even when we're doing the first three weeks of how high intensity training, we're still maxing out on Saturday. And the idea is, is that when we start to deload is we're still maxing out on Saturdays, but we, we should be able to lift more than on the Saturdays we were doing when we were still doing our high intensity training. So it was three weeks on, three weeks deload, but both of those three weeks on and three weeks deload, we were still maxing out on Saturdays. Now we would come to our next block of three weeks on, where he would probably get me training three mornings a week and five evenings for three weeks. And then he would let me deload, okay, for three weeks. And then after that, he'd probably get me training five mornings a week. And then he would get me to um, deload. And after that, that would be um, six, 12, 18 weeks or whatever. We would start a new cycle where I'd probably only train um, evenings uh, uh, again but so it was like do you know what I mean like, yeah. but it was also he would go on a Saturday and we would train and then he would sit there and scratch his head for half, for half an hour and figure out what needs to be done were my legs working like sometimes I'd only go on for one week of high intensity he's like now nah, you need to deload again you need to deload more or he's like now nah, you you are too slow you need more training but um, that's just with regards to the training split but one thing that um, really, really helped. And um, for me personally, more than anything else, is we were doing pulls and squats. So, like, squats goes without saying we're squatting 11 times a week um, for our, like, um, crazy um, training weeks. But we were doing pulls every single training session, morning and evening. But, like, I'll just give you an example of a high-intensity training week. We were training... Um, five so Monday to Friday we're training twice a week Saturday would max out and listen to this our morning session would be snatch pull five sets five reps but not um so for us we don't really know the difference between you know there's pulls like shrug pull pull to the belly like pull with your arms straight pull with the arms to the belly button or like um, panda pools. I remember Andrew told me to never ever call it a panda pool ever again. He just said it's a pool. So the way that his dad learned was from the Polish lifters um, back in the uh, day because his dad did a few training camps there. And um, they just used to do panda pools if you must, you know. And so we'll do five sets, five reps, 130 um, snatch pools in the morning. And we'll do five sets five reps, clean pools, like same sort of panda pools, on 160 in the morning, and then would either back squat or front squat. Back squat would be 160 kilos, five by five, or front squat, 150, five by five. Now, that's your morning session. To some, it may sound a bit excessive, and hell, it probably is. But the morning session, we used to finish that session in half an hour. Jesus. So. The rule was, and I get goosebumps, man, was you do your set, you pack the weights, you touch the wall and come back. If you're unable to do that weight hard and fast, it's too heavy. Drop the weight, but continue the workout. So, you know, just out of this, as I've told you, those are taking 30 minutes and you're sweating, your heart rate's going, you're, you're just every set, you're just trying to make it better and better and better and fast and fast and fast. Now, the evening sessions were, I've pretty much been on the same program. Yes, he's changed it and he's given it a few um, variants here and there, but I've only ever trained with Andrew on a day one, day two split. And 
day one is snatch, day two is clean and jerk. And uh, you finish off with snatch with snatch pulls or back squat and uh, snatch pulls and back squat, and you finish off with um, after doing your cleans, clean pulls and front squat. And if you have any energy left, go and train your abs or do your reverse hypers, do your stretching, do what, whatever needs to be done. Um, but if you're looking at those weeks, we're training 10 sessions from Monday to Friday, double day training. The morning we're doing two, we're doing 10 sets of pulls in the morning. And in the evening, we're doing another five sets of pulls at snatch pulls at 190. So that's 15 sets of pulls a day times that, okay, 15 times, um, times five, 75 sets of pools a week okay and then you're going to max out on saturday all right now the crazy thing about this is my pool got so strong um it was like it was ah uh, what's the word i don't know if it's gonna if I, like sounds a bit funny if i say it was life-changing but um, it really helped me so much. And I think to take my snatch from 160 to 180 was usually when you're picking up 150, when I was still snatching 160, 155, 160, you know it's coming off the floor. Like, you're like, <laughs> by the time you get to your hip, you're like, oh my gosh, you're like, am I, do I, oh, I'm going to have to go crazy at the hip now. But by doing so many pulls with Andrew, not only did it strengthen us, but we became so efficient from the floor, so efficient, it became so much like a second nature that we were just able to pull the bar off the floor. We wouldn't be standing and trying to get the position and holding there and, okay, let's try and get, we just, it was second nature. It was the same as walking. We just got so good at doing, picking the bar up off the floor that, you know, when I got to the weights of 170, 175, 180, I never ever imagined myself that weight feeling heavy off the floor. The only thing that I remember is um, 190. That wasn't even heavy off the floor for me. It was just, I'm just not strong enough at opening my body up at the hip to um, do that. So, you know, with his training, um, Andrew's training, in the evening just a typical session would be let's just say and we wouldn't even train heavy you know i produced a 180 snatch from just doing 140 snatch triples from 140 snatch triples um you know once or twice maybe a week um or every like in that three-week block, maybe he would give me an, op an opportunity to do 150 snatch triples. But there were sessions where I was coming in and training on 100 kilo snatch triples for a long time. You know, um, a normal weight for me to train on, actually, a typical Friday afternoon training session is five sets of three of 120 snatch. And my snatch at the time was 187 kilos. There was also times when my snatch was 185, where I was only training on 130. I wasn't even snatching 140. But the thing is, what I find that some people understand, yes, you have to train at a certain percentage to get good. You have to practice lifting the heavier weight in order because it's a completely different technique. But I also believe that when you have the opportunity to train, at a lighter percentage that you still need to put just as much focus into that weight as you would as you're doing the heaviest singles. Now, the difference was, yes, we were only snatching 120 kilos, um, 
you know, but we got the chance to max out on Saturday. That was when we practiced our heavy, our, um, heavy lifts and we got good at doing those actual singles. But, you know, we weren't just snatching 110 or 120 for five sets of three. Um, it would be, and I remember one training session when I trained with Andrew was um, you touch the wall and you come back. And if you have a training partner for that day, that bar is not allowed to be resting on the floor for longer than 30 seconds. So just an example, I remember we did snatch five by three at 130 um, and Andrew was only doing singles and he told me that I'm unfit and I need to, he, he was very hard on me. We had a completely different relationship. Yes, we were friends, but there was, he was coming away from his family. He has two kids. He works a full-time job and he's coming on a Saturday to come and train me. He's not there to watch the Sunday afternoon football. He's there to get a result. And if I'm not doing what needs to be done, he wouldn't be afraid to tell me. You know, he was it was pretty badass. So I remember we did snatch 135 sets of three, if I'm not mistaken, in under three minutes. And I went outside and vomited and came back. And it's like, now we're going to do pools. And to most people, including myself, that sounds almost absolutely retarded. But the conditioning side of the training that Andrew got us to do is that we were so conditioned. Man, we would even do snatch pulls, five sets of three reps on 190. That would take us five minutes. Five minutes on the minute. When we're squatting, we're putting a plate, plate, plate. There's no rest until we get to our top set. We maybe rest two or three minutes. So our training session was taking three hours, but our um, like average, you know, it's not five minutes every time, but you're doing five sets of three reps. It wouldn't take you longer than 15 minutes to do snatch pulls on 190 on like a day that you're feeling tired or, you know, snatch 130 kilos, five sets of three. That would take 10 minutes, 11 minutes. Some people that can take up to 12, um, like, like half an hour, 45 minutes. But for us, once we've done that, then we sit down for like 15 minutes, maybe go outside, do whatever we have to do, come back inside, and now it's on. Finish that and then rest again. And the thing is, because we were so conditioned that when we used to max out on Saturday, um, I remember one session I worked up to 180 kilogram snatch and it took me underneath nine minutes to get to nine minutes. And we had blue plates, blue, green, blue, green, blue, green, blue, done, finished. He was, he would, he would tell you, um, what are you doing? Hurry up. So I'll tell you the funniest training session that I've ever had in my life with him was I was training a client and I gave him a call and I said, hi, Andrew, are we training today at two o'clock? He said, no, I've got too, I've got too much on. Work to a max and let me know how you go. So I'm training my client. This guy's paying me. Okay, he's paying me a lot of money to train this guy for an hour. Thank God our session had just come to an end. Andrew walked inside the gym and he goes, um, I'm not going to swear, but he goes, what the F are you doing? Um, um, mate, why aren't your bloody boots on? There's no time to stretch. There's no time to think. There's nothing. I go straight up the fridge, I grab a Red Bull. I say to my client, sorry, mate, he fully understands. My shoes are on. And in nine minutes, I remember because I still got it on my phone, I'd worked up to a 180 snatch. <laughs> he let me go outside and do whatever I had to do. And we came back in and I remember in like 12 or so minutes, worked up to a 200 kilogram clean and drip. That's how our sessions used to, used to last. You put in a plate, you do your set, you sit down, as soon as the heart rate drops, you're up. You know, you can rest nice and long before your um, um, top, top, top set. But he's just big on on um, 
you're there to do a job. You know, you're trying to get the most out of your training. You know, we're spending however many hours a day training, trying to, if it's make a living off of it or be the best that we can personally be. We physically cannot afford, because, you know, we've been training for 10 years or so, to waste that precious time by playing silly buggers. You know, sometimes there are sessions when you're like, look, it's not working today, we're just going to have a laugh. But, you know, there are also days where you need to figure out, like, you can't waste your precious time. You've invested so much money. You've sacrificed so much things in your life for this training for it to simply be a, um, a muck around. But the idea of this short rest sort of a thing was, you know, we do five by three snatches. As, 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 as I said, I'm always changing these numbers. Under 10 minutes, five by three snatches on 130. By the time it came to Saturday and we were maxing out and we warmed up and we got to do a single at 1.30, because we've done five by three at 1.30 in under seven or 10 minutes or whatever it is, that one rep that we did on 1.30 has not even made us drop a piece of sweat onto the floor. Yeah. So we're so conditioned at those weights, by the time we get to the heavy weight, it feels like we haven't even done anything. And that's one thing that I think personally was what changed the whole dynamic of the um, of my um, training from the 160 to the, the 180 was that sort of conditioning style of training is being able to just lift quick and lift fast. And um, it just allowed for us when we were maxing out, we were just so fit that um, we just simply didn't see it as a task. As like, ah, oh, we had like, yes, we were sore. Yes, we were sore, but the weights weren't making us tired because we were just so conditioned. But, you know, the the way that we trained, like I still say, um, maybe I'm just being a bit soft, but when I talk to my close friends and stuff, the training that I've done, man, I've, as maybe I'm over-exaggerating, but I feel so fried. I feel like I'm never going to go back to my old self. Like I literally feel um, like burnt out like burnt out that like i actually do not feel like my normal self and i haven't done a massive training block um for like maybe like five or so months and i still do not feel the same so that was this year was it when you did all that training was it or was that recently so that the training that you see in the car park so i've basically you know when you got i've been training like this this sort of style of training now with andrew with three weeks on three weeks off since 2017. nice yeah he even says you know the best lifters in the world that they don't train for a year after the olympics and then they go and they build up slowly but he goes we don't have time and like we're trying to get it all done now. He goes, that's the difference between you and these guys. It's like, you don't have time to do that. And um, yeah, it's just, uh, I got actually um, diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. I don't know if you guys have heard of that. Yep. Yeah, um, yeah. I got diagnosed with that about three months ago, four months ago. One morning I woke up and my entire left arm couldn't move. And for two and a half weeks, I couldn't even open my hand. My left arm was just dead. I lost about 15 kilograms due to stress. And um, obviously it's not from the training because multiple sclerosis is an autoimmune disease, which um, comes from your, like you, you can be ge- 
kinetic and all of that. And um, I was unable to lift a 2.5 kilogram dumbbell above my head when I walked out of hospital. And now I've basically got back up to 140 kilogram snatch and I've built back up to 170 kilogram clean. And the training that I've been doing now has just been because my body was so fried. Um, I've just been squatting twice a week, doing a bit of bench, doing a bit of conventional deadlifts, weightlifting three times a week. And um, my, I'm starting to feel a little bit better now. And um, weightlifting three times a week, I just realized that my it's like I'm just not lifting fast or efficient or anything. So mm. as of today, I've just started a day one, day two split. And I hope to... Um, sort of um get back to where i was well not hope to i'm going to do everything that i can to yes. um do that so and what's the plan now aaron what's the what's the kind of short term and longer term goals okay so um i sort of given myself 10 weeks to get back to a 200 kilogram clean um so i'll you know i, I have to come back for that 190 snatch uh it's it's like it's just absurd. Like we sacrifice so much. Um, I've sacrificed so much when it comes to clients and canceling days of work and spending time with my wife at night. Like I'm just never at home. I'm always just training or I'm just lying down sleeping. Like she doesn't even see me, you know, you've just sacrificed so much. And it's like the 190 that's still bloody haunts me to this day. So I want to get that 190 snatch. And then can you get more than that? Everybody talks about the elusive 200 snatch, but talk is cheap. You know, my yeah. first coach told me don't count your chickens before the eggs have hatched. But um, it's the lifelong dream of mine to be able to do that uh, 200 kilogram snatch. And I still talk to my first coach. I FaceTime every week and, He's still um, talking to me about get your mind right, get your body right. You 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 can uh, do it. So that's the that's the ultimate goal. Um, but as I said, talk is cheap, you know. So yeah, it's it's um it's hard to do. It's hard to do. And then you know, with has has snatch always been your your kind of favorite lift, or has snatch always been the lift that you think about the most? Yeah. I, I don't know what it is with my jerks because, um, um, brother, you were giving me a few great tips um, for my jerks. And um, unfortunately, that was when my arms stopped working. So I've actually taken what you said and put it on board and my jerks are feeling a lot better. My yeah, jerk just, good. I don't know what it is. Like, I just don't know what it is. You know, sometimes you just, you know, it's yeah, just yeah, not good. Yeah. And I was training jerks twice a week. I was yeah. training jerks twice a week and, I just it's just a lift that you look at the, the best in the world and it's like they must be the best in the world for a reason because they can all jerk <laughs> yeah 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 um, and like when you were doing those um you know when you were pushing the training really hard up until recently were you concerned about squat numbers or just doing squats frequently or like were you like i gotta hit this number for five by five or were you just trying to keep your legs strong and not too stressed about the number so that's a great question. So um, in the mornings, it was just five by five lights, as fast as you can, moving as fast as you can. No pain. There shouldn't be pain in your legs or the knees shouldn't be hurting. It's just movements to correct your position, build your lung capacity, stuff like that. And also build muscle because when you're not resting that long, you, you, you're you building muscle, you know, yeah. even though that weight is light. That's functional muscle. Um, but in the actual um, evening, when we got to, once you've done, you know, just an example of my evening session, 
like these days are, are oh mate we were working up to like we're going a bit heavy on the snatches this time around five sets of three snatches on 150 but not the kind of snatches you guys are bloody thinking of he used to make me snatch and stand up the whole way mm -hmm. and pause for two seconds and then bring it down so it's like these were death snatches mate we're not st standing up halfway coming down again going again like you're standing up the whole way and you bring and it hurts there's a reason why people why weightlifters don't stand up the whole way with the yeah. snatch because it hurts like you know and um five sets of three 150 snatches five sets of three um 190 snatch pulls and then when it comes time to squat it's like it's, a, it's literally a joke. It's like, why am I even squatting? What the mm. hell is the point of this? So, you know, our, our, you know our, the way that we used to train is triples. We go, he goes, you're training triples. You train triples, you work up to a triple. And if it's hard, you do two or three more sets at that. And then you do a back down set. So some days you may be squatting 240 for three by three. 220 for three to finish off some days you would come in and you would maybe only squat 220 for three by three on the back front squats if it feels good and it's like you just go which he hated it we'll just go now nah, we're just going to do a single quickly boom in like four sets five sets you have you like five sets of one and you've done like a 230 and it's like now nah, i'm done for today which i which was like sort of cheating but he allowed us to sort of auto regulate he was very big on that and he used to actually get angry at us actually because you need to listen to your body. Because if it's not there, you go home. But it's a pride thing. It's a pride thing. So I always told Andrew, I go, you've never making me a program that I haven't come back home and said that I haven't followed. And it's a pride thing. And, you know, yes, maybe I didn't do a triple and I worked up to a single, but we still did all the exercises. And, you know, some days we'd work up the best squat that I did, I think, was a 275. But that's after doing snatch pulls on five sets of three, 190 and snatches before that so it's not really a true max and you know you should talk to bass um so bass in Oregon that and he used to go um it was pretty unfortunate that you never um just had a day that you could come in and work on your squat and get a 300 squat but the thing is if i squat 300 can i lift more probably so probably so um i just never had the chance to prioritize it sort of or just never thought of it um but um, yeah, it's it's you guys would know just as like more than I would finishing a, like your sessions on squats. It's very hard to get your um your squat up, you know. Yeah, like, you've uh, used up almost everything you have in the actual weightlifting portion. When we were in, uh, we went to Qatar last year to train with Miso Asana and his father, and uh, Fitz was training, you know, and they were like, um, his legs were because he he deadlifted two fifty, and they were like that's a great deadlift you can clean like 180 or something you know <laughs> and then um they were like what are you squatting and you were like what i don't know like oh uh, you at missed the time it. it was like i i think my max at the time was like 220 but i missed like a fucking 190 squat or something while i was there and uh they were like no just like they his father <laughs> wouldn't say anything like really really quiet and like he'd say like one or two cues to Garf and like one or two like sentences over the course of the week. Really nice guy, really good coach, but he just had fucking no interest because I was bad at weightlifting. So he was like, we we're asking, what should I do? Like, what should Fitzy do to make him a better weightlifter? And they said, 
every morning so they were like do you have a gym near your house and we were, I was like yeah I have a gym at my house and he's like every morning uh, before breakfast they're like maybe some coffee so before breakfast have some coffee and you go and do squats and we're like okay 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 so we're like every morning he's like yeah every every morning okay uh, and like how many like how many reps and they go oh many many reps so Garth was like eight or ten yeah yeah eight, eight or ten and I was like okay how many sets and he goes many many sets and I go so every morning <laughs> and he's like how many sets and he was like uh, maybe 10 sets and I was like fuck sake what? and then he, I was like what weight and they were like much weight yeah, as, they were like as much weight like yeah. really heavy and I was like oh fuck this yeah. so then I was like fully in my head thinking like this is going to be six weeks they're going to tell me to do it for six weeks and everything will be fixed and they were like how long and they were like maybe maybe one year maybe two years yeah <laughs> I was just like oh, oh fuck no. <laughs> yeah oh, no. I mean that's that's crazy that's they're the best one of the best like in the world like from what they've produced and so funny how how there's so much truth like obviously he probably didn't mean 10 sets of 10 no no but he just meant a lot english barrier sort of a thing but like you want to get good at squatting squat in the morning right like yeah it's 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 so funny like they haven't studied like they haven't studied this they've just done it for so long yeah, that yeah. they know what works because they've done they've 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 seen people do it like yeah as if they were like an experiment or whatever but that's funny actually that like that kind of knowledge we were asking about morning sessions and evening sessions um and like obviously you're training twice a day but they were saying the same thing as you were doing morning was always better for strength training and evening was always better for speed and power work um and it's yeah. funny that like they haven't done the studies like you you guys were obviously doing it and your coaches find it effective uh it's just funny how like they've probably never been in contact but people just end up doing the same things just because they find it effective uh and we usually we usually finish the podcast with um with people's dumbest training story so we have have a couple of questions from the instagram story but before we get to that do you want to tell us the uh the dumbest thing you've done in training that you can think of <laughs> um well i've i've pulled a 280 kilogram deadlift with no warm-up Fuck. Oh, um, that'll do oh <laughs> uh, was that mixed grip or hook grip or did you oh no no no, that's mixed grip and that's <laughs> not with the and that's not a clean deadlift yeah why did you that's, do that uh, um well i was training a guy um one of the guys we're trying to get him to deadlift 400 his best deadlift is only 360 at the moment and um it was the start of our cycle and i think we're doing a few sets of three on 280 and um he was just i don't know what he was doing and i just got very up like i was like man um freaking out just and i just then i just picked it up and put it down i go come on like you want me to train with you like let's go sort yeah. of a sort <laughs> of a thing so that'll that's definitely that'll do for the story oh fucking hell. okay so we'll take we'll take maybe two of these questions for um people's kind of they have some questions for you um just as Gurf is is picking these out have you had any issues with injuries like obviously the intensity of your training is so high mate mate like if i can even begin to tell you like my whole body does not work 
like everything and anything, including from my knees to my wrists, to my back, to my shoulders, my ankles. Um, it's all, they're all done. They're done. But the thing is, the more I train, the less it hurts. Yeah. When I started squatting two times a week, my knees have never, ever been that sore. When I'm squatting or every day of the week, my knees don't hurt. But when it comes to, and I have this conversation a lot of the time, if I was training less with not as much volume, um, in some people's eyes, I would be a lot fresher and I would be able to lift a lot more. Um, but purely just by doing the snatch so often and by doing the clean so often, it just enabled me to um, get better um, at the actual movement. So, but ev everything hurts. I mean, brother, I'm pretty sure you would like your whole body sore, right? Like, like yes. if you're a weightlifter, all the time, literally. If, if, we're trying to walk down the stairs there, like, and like there was like oh. walk behind me, and you're like, you have to walk sideways because it just makes it a little bit easier. <laughs> Walking down here is the worst. Mate, and if you're a weightlifter and you've been doing it for a long time, the pain that people say, does the pain go away? I like to say, um, the pain stays, but you become a lot more efficient at the lift, and it just so happens to hurt a little bit less. I yeah, don't know yeah. if that's accurate quotes or. You can walk down the stairs more efficient as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, it hurts weightlifting, man. Yeah. Like, like it hurts. And yeah. I think people don't understand. Like, when I look at Clarence, um, I've, I'm a big fan of Clarence. Like, I'll, when I max out on Saturdays, a lot of the time I go and I watch how I've never seen anybody as crazy and lift the way that he lifts. Like, I would also like to ask him, like, what's his body like? Like, Oh, it's fine. He would also be pretty thrashed, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, he's always sore all the time. Um, yeah. If we can, uh, if we ever get to Australia, we'll try. Oh, definitely. We'll yeah. Try bring him down with us. Um, oh, that would be a dream come true, man. So we have a question for you. So his thoughts on lifting with long limbs. So how do you kind of adjust? Because you're obviously you're quite tall for the typical weightlifter, but you're lifting weights that are very heavy. So what are you kind of thoughts? Like, did you feel like you ever had to adjust anything like that because of your, um less than ideal limb links or did any of your coaches kind of change anything you thought or um no one really the thing is i never really had that many people come and um force my body into position and get me to lift a certain way they just used to let me lift and the more i did it the better i've got and the cues were always the same but one thing that i really really helped me improve my technique because i had such long um legs was i used to stretch my calves every day and keep on stretching them so that way my knees were able to travel a little bit more forward which allowed me to stop getting crushed in the bottom because before my legs were so long my external and internal rotation was so bad i used to be catching it like um you know knees way behind toes and you know every yeah. single time but when i improved the mobility throughout my um like my ankle joints like, like my calves like stretching them um as like two to three times a day every day that single piece like just doing that took my lifting to um 
to a completely different um, level. It allowed my body to sit in completely different positions. I believe if you're tall, yes, if you're short, it's easier for you to lift. But um, personally, I just believe that your body is your body. Make it work. If you think that it's harder for you to lift because you're tall, um, it's not going to make it any easier. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Nobody's going to give you new femurs. No. <laughs> so la- last question for you i think i was assuming this is one of your friends but uh they want to know your best moment from Janie in the underground car park during covid lockdown i think it's oh, dan, man. dan Wall- I get, wellington is it i'll get goosebumps like i almost get tears in my eyes when i think of that um i had the opportunity to train with dan for three months in the car park where the first session in the car park i missed a 200 kilogram clean and i missed a uh 165 snatch because obviously starting a new cycle um and at the end of that i walked away with a 185 and a 220 clean which i'd cleaned 224 months before that or three months before that but i only stood up halfway and fell forward and you know me and dan we the way i don't think we really spoke much during training we just touched the wall and come back and we smashed ourselves we smashed ourselves but the best memory that i had was definitely that 220 kilogram clean you know a lot of the time and the reason why it's so sentimental to me is you know sometimes you go to a gym and there's 500 people there come on let's go yay um it was me and him in a car park there was no one absolutely no one um it was dusty um, he was on the other side. I went for this 220 clean. I had no idea I was going to clean 220. Um, I just did it. I think I cleaned 210. And the week before that, I missed 215. And he puts it on. I didn't ask him to put it on 220. He just put it on 220. And I remember just looking at him in the eye. And um, he didn't give me the chance. He just he put it on. And he made sure that my face fucking stayed the same. Because it's time to get that. And... Um, I don't even remember doing that to be quite honest. It just, it just happened. Like my body wasn't tense because I'm, because I usually get too tense before a lift, which means I bend my arms and I, and I I struggle to gain power. But I just remember being so relaxed before this lift that felt like nothing off the floor. And it's just funny because you train and you train and you train and you train. And what do you get out of it? You, you know, like this isn't even in competition, you know, this is just for yourself. And I just let all my emotions out screaming and carrying on like a bit of a baboon. Um, my coach always tells me to never, ever do that because it's disrespectful and you look like a bit of an idiot. But, um, you know, when you've been training for that 220 clean, I've done a four-month block and you've given everything you've got and you've you've just managed to beat your old PR by like a centimeter. It was just absolutely incredible. And I can never thank my man, Dan, um, like enough for how much he had helped me, you know, because training, it's by ourselves. We train by ourselves. We don't have anybody there. He was there for me for three months. He helped me prepare. He did so much for me. It was just once in a lifetime opportunity. And um, that was my best moment, one of my best moments, but if not the best. So, yes. Yeah, you'll remember that for a while. 220 is no good, man. <laughs> I've, I've heard people that I've heard stories, myths of apparently Naeem um, Solomalu uh, cleaned 220. I don't know if that's true. No way. Surely but, not. 
That's crazy. Fucking hey, hell. There's rumors of 65 kilogram people cleaning 220, so I always know my place. <laughs> That's great. Um, Aaron, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much yeah. for doing this. There was definitely some great clips there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Geez, some unreal stories. I really wish one day I could come over there to Ireland and get the opportunity to train with you guys and learn and learn a lot from you guys. You know, it would be a dream come true. If I Here, come. That'd be absolutely brilliant. Whenever the border is open, yeah. hop on a plane and come up. Yeah. Um, I think I'm going to have to do that. Definitely. We're throwing around the idea of having a big super total competition at some stage and trying to get people to fly in from everywhere. Um which would be fucking brilliant if you could come. Yep. You've got the deadlift. Well, I, guess, I guess we all know Clarence is going to win that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, we won't let him do it. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's great. Thanks. No, Aaron. thanks very much for thanks your time. Thanks so much for that. It was fantastic.